0: I'm talking with Ken Golden, who's a professor of mathematics at the University of Utah and also an adjunct professor of bioengineering, Uh, and we're talking about the mathematics of sea ice. Uh, So, Ken, can you tell us what exactly sea ice is and and why it's important? Yes, Mike. So, sea ice is frozen seawater. Now, seawater has salt in it, and when seawater is frozen, the salt itself cannot be incorporated into the crystalline structure of the ice. And so what happens is you get the sea ice is actually a composite material of pure ice with fluid inclusions of brine. Uh, There's also little air pockets and some solid salts as well, but the the bottom line is it's really a a composite material. And in particular, the, the volume fraction, the connectedness, and the anisotropy, namely the geometry, of this, of this complex brine microstructure depends strongly on temperature. So as the, the ice warms up, the, uh, the relative volume fraction of the fluid goes up, and you get increasing connectedness, and this affects many of the properties of the uh, of the ice. One of the main reasons it's so important um, it's it's an indicator and an agent of climate change. In particular, the two principal geophysical fluids that dominate our Earth's climate system are the ocean and the atmosphere, and in the polar regions, the sea ice. Uh, is the boundary layer, which separates these two fluids, and, and as such, it mediates the exchange of heat, uh, moisture, and momentum. In the global climate system, sea ice is extremely critical. One, one reason is, uh, put it simply, um, white sea ice reflects incoming solar radiation, whereas dark seawater absorbs. And so uh, the presence of the polar ice packs uh, around the poles is extremely important for deflecting or uh, reflecting incoming solar radiation. So if the if the ice pack is not there, which is sort of what's happening in the in the Arctic in particular in the summer times, there's much much more solar radiation being absorbed by the polar oceans. Another reason why sea ice is so important is the role that it plays in polar ecosystems, namely sea ice. And in particular, the fluid inclusions in sea ice play host to robust extremophiles, namely communities of algae and bacteria that live in the fluid inclusions in the sea ice. And how they do this is extremely interesting. But in particular, those, those rich communities sustain um, the marine food webs of the polar oceans, which are actually the richest in the, in, in the world's oceans. And where does mathematics come into play in uh, figuring out the, the properties or, or the behavior of sea ice? Well, one of the most important ways in terms of the global climate system is in terms of what are called GCMs, or global, global climate models. These are models that that try to uh, describe the evolution of, uh, as I said, the two main principal geophysical fluids, namely the ocean and the atmosphere, but in particular this boundary, namely the sea ice, is a very important component of these of these models. And the underlying types of mathematics are partial differential equations, which are used to describe the, the dynamics and the evolution of these fluid systems, the climate system in particular. Also statistics plays a big role in characterizing these very complicated uh, geophysical fluid systems. Now what we do in our work, I'm, I'm really a I'm an applied mathematician who works on the effective properties of composite material and sea ice to me is an extremely interesting example of a, of a composite material and one of the things that we've become extremely interested in is, and is central to so many of the important geophysical processes as well as biological processes in the polar regions is the flow of fluid through, through the sea ice. To give you an example, in the Arctic in the springtime, you get these, these, these big melt ponds. Basically, the ice starts melting, and you get these huge melt ponds on the surface of the, of the Arctic ice pack and as i I said before you know sea water absorbs uh... heating or solar radiation whereas white sea ice uh... tends to reflect it and so so how much water how much melt ponds the, the area fraction of melt ponds that are on this the Arctic ice pack is very important in terms of the the role that sea ice is playing in, in climate and absorption of solar radiation. And the, the evolution of these melt ponds is controlled largely by how easy it is for that, that surface water to flow out, to leave the sea ice beneath and to, for it to flow out through this porous microstructure of the sea ice. And that leads to the notion of... Um, of the permeability, the, the the fluid permeability of the ice, how easy it is for fluid to flow through the porous medium, and uh, in addition to this this melt pond evolution issue, ice permeability also constrains the formation of snow ice, where water, seawater, percolates up. Through the sea ice and flows to the surface and then forms new mixes with snow on the on the surface of the ice and forms new sea ice. and that's called snow ice formation. and it's it's the permeability, the fluid permeability, of the ice which controls that. Moreover these polar ecosystems, again which are based on uh, these algae and bacteria, their nutrients, uh, their nutrient replenishment processes and how they how they feed is pretty much controlled by by fluid flowing through there and the income and getting fresh nutrient laden seawater water infused into the sea ice for for them to grow. and so so again, it's this per, the fluid permeability of the ice which constrains some really important processes in the polar region. so we've been studying that from a wide range of perspectives and mathematical approaches and but also uh, field work and laboratory work as well. So in part of our mathematics that's one of the unique things is that we're combining not only theoretical approaches but laboratory work and, and field work as well. Um, in particular, for this fluid permeability problem we are we the basic formulations since the fluid the basic formulation is involving partial differential equations but then what we're really interested in is the effective behavior overall of the fluid moving through the moving through this porous microstructure and that leads us to the field of of what's called homogenization where one looks at which is a branch of mathematics developed to look at the uh, effective properties of inhomogeneous structures one of the interesting mathematical areas that we're led into in order to find bounds on the on the fluid permeability properties is so-called diffusion processes which is basically like random walks on lattices but here we're, we're in a continuum and we're interested in how tracers diffuse through the through the porous microstructure this turns out to be intimately connected with mathematical proofs of information or bounds on the, on the fluid permeability another area of mathematics that we use extensively is so-called percolation theory namely lattice percolation theory, continuum percolation theory, we use that to estimate the effective permeability and, and its conductivity as well and in particular, there's a, a critical behavior that is exhibited by the sea ice microstructure around a critical brine volume fraction of about 5%, namely uh, below this uh, brine volume fraction. Uh, and this, this, I should say that this, this uh, brine volume fraction of about 5% corresponds to a critical temperature of around minus 5C for a typical bulk sea ice salinity, about five parts per thousand, and we, we, we termed this the, the so-called rule of fives, because of the fives. And, the, and the, the upshot is that below that critical temperature of about minus 5C, the ice is effectively impermeable, and to fluid transport, and above this critical temperature about above about minus 5C, the ice is, is permeable, and increasingly so with increasing temperature. And uh, percolation theory, which is the mathematical theory of connectedness, which is controlling this kind of behavior, namely the connectedness of the brine inclusions in the sea ice. Uh, We've been using lattice and continuum percolation theory to to try to understand this transitional behavior in sea ice. We also use so-called hierarchical or fractal models for porous meat that have been developed for the study of uh, porous rocks and systems like that to estimate the permeability. We've also used um, a lot of scientific computation numerical methods to calculate the flow fields and the effective behavior uh, of the fluid flowing through the the complex brine microstructure. There are related electrical properties that we're interested in that are closely connected to the fluid permeability properties that control the electromagnetic properties of the sea ice and how electromagnetic waves interact with this complex composite microstructure in remote sensing or monitoring of the sea ice pack. And um, there we use complex analysis and functional analysis in our investigations of the complex permittivity of the sea ice and how it controls um, electromagnetic behavior. And, And then finally, another whole area that we investigate what are called inverse problems, where we, say, have electromagnetic data or, or other information about the sea ice, and we try to invert that information to recover microstructural information such as the brine volume fraction, which, as I said, is one of these key parameters that characterizes uh, the state of the sea ice and its properties. So that's a lot of mathematical areas that, that come into play. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it's a highly interdisciplinary area, and there's a lot of other scientific areas that come into play. And I should mention probably that a lot of the mathematics, sea ice is a complicated composite, and a lot of this Percolation theory, hierarchical models, and these kinds of things uh, have evolved originally in solid-state physics in the study of semiconductors. So a lot of our the well to which we go to get a lot of our mathematics uh, was initially developed in the field of solid-state physics and also in the study of porous rocks, too. Does that relate to phase transitions? Absolutely. You can describe the, uh, the system purely mathematically, just the lattice, say, in two dimensions, but at least the simplest version of this. And basically, uh, one goes to each bond of the lattice, and with you flip a, a weighted coin with probability P, the bond is there. It's open. Fluid can flow. With probability 1 minus P, the, uh, the bond is closed. Fluid cannot flow. Uh, as P changes, what one looks at in this model is uh, is how the, the clusters, how the open clusters evolve and how they grow with as, as P increases. And, and lo and behold, the interesting thing about this model is there's a critical point, what's called percolation threshold, two dimensions for the two-dimensional square lattice. This percolation threshold occurs at 50% precisely. And that's just like critical temperature in, in statistical physics and phase transitions, like the freezing point of pure water at zero degrees C. The, the, the underlying mathematics is extremely similar, and there's, a deep, there's deep connections between this, this pure percolation model that we use to describe sea ice and, um, and, this, and the whole branch of statistical physics and statistical mechanics that's been around for you know, over 150 years to describe uh, phase transitions in, in materials and gases and solids and, and, and so on. Uh, Thanks, Ken. It's Ken Golden of the University of Utah. In the next three parts of the interview, Ken talks about challenges in the field of sea ice research, some of his adventures in the Arctic and Antarctic, and how undergraduates are involved in the research.